The Florida Panthers have played their last game of this three-game Canadian trip and seven, all seven of their games on the road over the last few weeks. The Florida Panthers are now back in South Florida. We'll be, they'll be playing quite a few home games before heading on the road again. But mo- most of their games in the coming few weeks will be at home. But we're going to break down some of the last weekend and the Florida Panthers play on the road with Alex Bumgartner of the Fifth Line 5R Show here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Monday, March 28th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez from PantherParkway.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And thank you for, for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. Don't forget to also uh, subscribe to Lockdown NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. will be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. So if you notice, there's a different location in the background uh, for me he, uh, here on the YouTube page, if you're watching on YouTube. I'm also in a different location, uh, which means uh, I'm in sunny South Florida uh, during this time. Uh, was able to thankfully watch the game yesterday with some Panther fans. Uh, the um, Unfortunately, did come with a loss against the Toronto Maple Leafs, but we'll be in person on Tuesday as the Florida Panthers take on the Montreal Canadiens uh, at home in their first game back, Claude Drew's home debut uh, in a cat sweater. But here uh, to talk about the past weekend for the Florida Panthers and the last few weeks of the Florida Panthers uh, playing on the road uh, to where they got to today, uh, it is Alex Baumgartner of the Fifth Line 5R Show. You've heard the voice many times. He was on the episode, the live episode of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast last week. So, Alex, uh, it's been a little bit. (laughs) It's been um, it's been a while on the road, but uh, happy to finally be uh, back at home pretty soon. The Panthers. Yeah, and um, I'll I'll say um, we anticipated this matchup for a few weeks now against Toronto. Uh, Toronto has been up and down the last few weeks. We've discussed all about their goaltending situation, the some of the defense issues with uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. A lot of people were starting to point at all the wrong. And, of course, when you have the, as people on my network like to say, call the, the Leafs the main character of hockey, but the biggest villain all at the same time. When, when we, a lot of the, things going towards the Maple Leafs first is mostly the criticisms. And of course that happens when you don't uh, win a cup since 1967, but a lot of the, we haven't really talked about really some of the good that uh, Toronto really does. And of course, one of the top power play units in the entire NHL. I mean, the Florida Panthers, they had their, their chances on the power play. They go over three uh, in this one. But of course the, Toronto Maple Leafs, they're one of the top power play units in the NHL. They get two uh, power play goals in this one. Uh, one of them, two, both of them via John Tavares, who is known as a Florida Panthers killer in his uh, in his 
and if you're been following this team for even half half a decade or a decade plus uh people know the damage that uh john Tavares has done to the florida panthers but it, it was power play it was transition it was shots in the slot toronto just really found different ways to just beat the florida panthers of, of course that's their only home game in this three-game series but they found a way to really uh, defeat the Panthers in all three of those categories. And that's really where how we got to that 5-2 uh, final score last night. Yeah, I think besides the scoreline, 5-2, empty netter with 0.4 seconds left. I think it was a pretty even matchup for most places on the ice. Panthers did lead in the shots, but Toronto had a better power play execution. I think Mitch Marner had one of the better games I've seen him play. Three assists, really good on the penalty kill. Um, I think we're going to see a little bit of a better matchup next game for the Panthers. Um, when they play Toronto again, they're going to, you know, kind of know what to expect a little bit more, but, you know, credit to Toronto. They took advantage of their chances. Their first three goals all came from down low. Um, Morgan Riley first opening couple shifts sitting right below a tip. a tip. And then John Tavares had a tip, had a, go right in front, both on the power play. So given there's not going to be someone covering him necessarily, but still no one really looking in the lane in on that penalty kill. So, you know, Florida had their chances and then Peter Mraz kind of stood on his head. And then um, I think that third period, Florida really was kind of taking control of that game when it was a one goal game. And then one bad break, Ilya Makaya comes in with his speed and then, you know, Spencer Knight really couldn't do anything about that when the fastest guy on the leash is coming in on you that fast. Yeah, and, and in that transition um, opportunity by the Maple Leafs, you see you see on that play Robert Haig is looking towards his left instead of staying back, and you and that's where you get Micaiah, um having that one on one opportunity on um, on Spencer Knight and Spencer Knight twenty of twenty four in this one, uh, Peter Mrazek uh, in this one twenty uh, thirty four of uh 36 i mean and in in the, the, this game the one stat that i really look at is takeaways uh in the in this one and toronto um seeing 21 takeaways to florida's nine and that really led to like a lot of their transition opportunities um going the other way and man i i another thing i don't think we really talk about is speed when it comes to toronto toronto and this is, you talked about the shots on goal discrepancy for the Florida Panthers, but not only were the shots on goal the same through the first two periods, but the shot attempts were the same as well. It's just with Toronto, they were getting more bodies in front of the net. And of course, transition game was really helping. So sometimes sometimes those numbers, when you, when you list shots on goal and even shot attempts, sometimes it really doesn't tell the whole story. The Florida Panthers were just a little bit late getting back. Well, Toronto did a great job clogging in the neutral zone. And the Florida Panthers are the best team off the rush in the NHL. With the Toronto Maple Leafs are up there as well. Both teams are towards the top of the league in least amount of time spent in the defensive zone, meaning your transition game is going to be pretty good. And I thought Toronto did a really good job of kind of just clogging up the blue line. And the Panthers didn't have the same amount of rush as you'd probably expect from them. Now, given you're playing a lot better of a defensive team, 
Um, when you're playing contending teams like this, it's not going to be as easy to maybe set up in the offensive zone and work an even strength opportunity like a power play, which the Panthers do ever so often. Ottawa game, even when they were down, you can kind of see them controlling the tempo a lot. This game was so even. I mean, each team kind of had their own moments of, oh, that's the possession being controlled. Like Toronto jumped right out of the gates given they just lost to Montreal. I kind of expected them to come pumping out of the gates at home. I thought Florida, they're pretty good to kind of like recuperate themselves and um, calm the game down a little bit. But this is what happens when two pretty even, evenly matched teams are going to face off. It's like a playoff scenario where you don't really know what's going to happen in seven games. It might go four, three. Mm-hmm. And, and when you think about possession and Corsi and all that stuff um, in all situations yesterday, um, the Florida Panthers led uh, in Corsi four. Uh, 58% in, in that category. So still still a lot of time for uh, p- possession for uh, the Florida Panthers in this one. Just it was a matter of uh, how close to the net that the Florida Panthers were getting compared to what the Toronto Maple Leafs were on Sunday night. But we're going to discuss more about this 5-2 to two loss and the road trip that was for the Florida Panthers. But first, we're going to tell you all about Bill Bar. And this is the time of year where I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking my resolution to eat right thanks to Bill Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually like eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Bill Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first protein-infused marshmallow, fluffy, marshmallowy, not just a protein bar. They're a treat. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bar with these. They're better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere between two to 300 calories. At Built Bar, they're all about taste. They make it delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. And thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first list of the day. Uh... I got Alex Baumgartner here of the Fifth Line 5R show on this episode of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, a Monday episode of the show. So, Alex, um, this uh, this game for the this game for the Panthers, um, and really this uh, road trip for the Panthers. Usually, you would expect um, it, knowing that Bob knowing that Bob was hurt and had the flu along with the 17 stitches last week in Los Angeles. You would really expect this to be maybe in a normal, healthy circumstances. You would probably expect um, Sergei Bobrovsky probably starting this one over Spencer Knight, and Spencer Knight uh, would start in Ottawa. But hey, Sergei Bobrovsky, um, Sergei Bobrovsky, in the floor um, found a way to shut it down after giving up those first three. Um, really, after midway through the second period, um, and the Panthers really helped him up front by not giving him a lot of shots against. Uh, Spencer Knight in this one, got to give him credit, um, up and down throughout the AHL, um, and the NHL in this last seven games, you know, you're going all the way out to California. You're going to these, um, hostile Canadian environments as well. And he wins, um, he, he starts four out of the, the six and he gets a uh, four, four wins, um, four wins out of, out of it. So, um, Got to give, got to give a lot of uh, credit to uh, Spencer Spencer Knight in in this most recent stretch, and um, not not all the goal, not not all the goals. Uh, when you look at 
everything that's gone on, especially in yesterday's game, not not a lot of, to blame for uh, for Spencer Knight in in last night's game, uh, but just continuing the Florida Panthers to like find their road game and just before the calendar year turned to 2022, this team was four, four and four on the road and look where they're at now. Well, first of all, as you said, credit to Spencer Knight. He was playing in some very tough, also historic cities for hockey. You get the win in your first start in Montreal. You go to Toronto, which has one of the other crazy hockey environments in North America. Um, I don't think any of those goals are his fault, honestly, not that I can remember. You have three tips, you know, maybe the first one, I don't know. The power play ones, I can't really fault him for that. And then you got a guy coming in full speed on an odd man rush. Um, he had to come in after playing a lot of time in the AHL, kind of just jumped in not knowing he was going to have to play so many games on this road trip because none of those games were at home either. And, you know, he fared well for himself. And also, the road warriors for the Panthers, I think, are gone. Heading into last night's game, they were 9-1-1 on the road. Um, that from a team that was barely scraping 500 at the beginning of the season, then you get the break. You win three straight on the road against Carolina, Minnesota, Chicago. Then you come back and once again have a very, very strong road trip. I think this was pretty successful for the Panthers considering the injuries, considering the trade acquisitions, considering how much time they spent away from home. That's probably the toughest stretch of the season before the playoffs come, and you finish with a pretty decent record. Mm. And just having the the numbers in front of me for like road record, and when they were four, four, and four during that stretch on the road, their goal differential was only minus one in in the in those in those twelve games. Now, now eight, now this is the exact record now for for the Cats now on the road eighteen nine nine and six. So, um, if my math is correct in my head, fourteen five and two. <laughs> so. We're we're talking some we're talking about some pretty good company on the road, and I mean that's six in the NHL um, in total in best road record, and this was and still the Florida Panthers were like scratching the surface to getting like the top, um, the top uh, spot in the NHL and and the top spot in the in the East, but still they 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 have proven that when the playoffs do come because we've seen some of the ways that they've won in the regular season after it, once the calendar turned to 2022, once the playoffs starts going into this hostile environment, it's not that we can expect the Florida Panthers to win every single game playoff time on the road, but even a, the Florida Panthers are going to have home ice advantage most of the time. And, and at least in the first two rounds, you would assume um, at least right now, but even if they are to drop a game, um, they just over this last few months, they've gone on different stretches of really finding a way to continue to win on the road. And that's that's really encouraging, even though last night was a bit of a dud. Yeah, I think they've been able to find themselves a little bit more on the road. Obviously, we know they had that crazy um, start to the season and pretty much consistent stretch at home where they find their game predominantly scoring first and kind of holding that lead. On the road, not necessarily the same fast starts. Obviously, you're going into another building. 
other team has 18, 19,000 fans. Come playoff time, it's going to be sold out in every single arena you play in. It's going to be loud. It's kind of just calming your emotions and getting the things going right from puck drop. Mm -hmm. I think this team has enough confidence to do it, whether it's in Florida, whether that's going to be in another arena. It could be Toronto in the first round, could be Boston, could be Tampa, could be Washington. That's, I think those are the uh, yeah, four teams that they'd be able to match up against now. So um, come playoff time, I think the fact that they kind of got all their big sh struggles away throughout the regular season is great. They got rid of the, you know, not great power play. They didn't score last night, but before that, the power play was looking pretty electric. Then they added Giroux. Claude Giroux looks like he's been here forever. Really nice fit for this team. Penalty kill, you know, wasn't great last night, but over the stretch, it looked pretty good. Um, I think it's just kind of getting those stupid mistakes out of the way, like neutral zone turnovers, defensive zone turnovers. Stop being too cute with it when you don't have the opportunity and just getting the puck deep. Come playoff time, this team will be okay. Mm -hmm. And there were times last night specifically where I was saying that the Florida Panthers were missing uh, Aaron Eckblad when it came to, when it came to um, transition going the other way and some of the um, turnovers. And also, I was also thinking about the fact that Mackenzie Weger was going back to his natural side on the right side on the defense. There was a part of me thinking that, okay, Mackenzie Weger's um, should um, should be able to adjust quickly uh, going back to the right side because he's naturally there. But then another part of me was thinking, oh, he's played on the left side so um, so much lately. How much of an adjustment period is it going to be going back to that? And there, it, it, those are two. I think those are two very. Um, I, I don't. I think those are two very valid questions to ask when yeah. thinking about a player going out and also the flexibility when it comes to someone like a Mackenzie Weaker. So that's just something I kind of think about when it comes to someone going out and having to play in a position that you're not, even though that that is a area of Mackenzie Weaker's game that he's very familiar with. Well, from the last two games, I wouldn't say Weaker had good performances by any means. The Ottawa game, there was it was his homecoming. He's from around there. Quite a few turnovers. I think one of them did lead to a goal. He had the chance to win it on a breakaway in overtime. Kind of um, missed that chance to be the hometown hero. With his family and, uh, there. With his family there, hometown villain as well. Um, he's been in a very tough situation the last two years because he's the clear number two on this team. He's really come into the conversation as being a top three defender not in the league-wide, but just a top three defender per team if he was on any team in the league. Um, it's tough when your partner's gone two straight seasons and you're kind of assuming the number one role again. And as you said, he's been playing the left-handed side the last whole season. And when he played with Ekblad last season, same thing. Now you got to jump back to the right. And even though that's his strong side, he looks very, very comfortable on the left side. So... You know, sometimes it's he doesn't necessarily have to do as much as he's trying to do because he knows he's the number one defenseman on this team now. But and we know he has all the skill in the world. Just get the puck out sometimes. And I think that's not just for him. It's for everyone on the team. But 
it's um it's it's an adjustment period. You're playing with Ben Sherratt now. He's not the same defenseman as Aaron Ekblad. And while I think Sherratt has looked good and Sherratt has been able to jump up in the rush a little bit, and he's a big defenseman, it's not Aaron Ekblad. And I think some of the times Uyghur might have a little more leeway when Ekblad's there. I don't know if he has that with Sherratt. Mm-hmm. Interesting point to make, and that's something that um, I think next time I watch a game, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a few seconds instead of puck watching. Just watch those two, how they are in the back end, how they communicate when the forward goes a little um, goes up a little bit on the play. Um, who, who, how they communicate to the, the forward to like stand them back, and of course, I'm gonna be in person for their game against Montreal, and of course, uh, you're able to see that more in person and how the communication style is there versus on the TV. You can't necessarily hear them talk and how they're telling the other person to position themselves. So that's kind of one thing I'm gonna personally look at um, um, when I'm when I'm in person at, at FLA Live Arena on um, Tuesday, but. We're going to transition and talk more about the Atlantic Division, and because this was a big game uh, as far as the standings uh, go, so we're going to talk about that next on this Monday, March twenty eighth edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. And welcome back to this Monday, March twenty eighth edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. I'm Armando Velez. I got Alex Baumgartner here of the Fifth Line Five R Show to talk about the Florida Panthers weekend, their loss against Toronto, uh, the standings, and just heading into the weekend, heading into Saturday, we were seeing that the Tampa Bay Lightning were dropping all the way down to the wild card uh, after the Florida beat uh, Montreal on Thursday. But... Three teams in that separated by a point. We talked all throughout the first half of the season about getting the getting the division, avoiding that 2-3, avoiding the wild card because you might have to face a division winner. Of course, the Florida Panthers do have a six-point cushion right now. Um, of course, uh, it, it the 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 gap was a lot lower due to the loss yesterday. But look at how crowded that two to four is in that Atlantic. I'm going to read it for everyone listening who doesn't have the standings in front of them. Tampa Bay is at 88 points, the second spot. Toronto, 87 with 65 games played. Boston, 87 with 65 games played. Everyone, no no team has a game in hand here. So um, Tampa Bay was playing two matinee back-to-backs. Um, Toronto facing... Um, Montreal just last night after the Florida Panthers also faced them. I think, I really do think, I really do think the Boston Bruins, especially with how they uh, went about in the trade deadline, I don't, I I think they find a way to get one of those uh, two, three spots. uh, And who knows? Maybe a tired Tampa Bay team goes to the wild card. Uh, The Florida Panthers do have one more matchup against them. They also do have one more against Toronto. Really hard to predict, but I really do think that the Boston Bruins really have a chance to really fall into that two to three range. Looking at the standings now, it's extremely close. It's way too close for me to say who's going to get what. There's 17 games left. I mean, in reality, the Panthers can go on a losing streak. Other teams can go hot. They can fall to the wild card spot. 
Now that six point cushion on second place really does help. And as long as you can grab those those games against these divisional teams, you're going to be playing Boston, Toronto, and Tampa. So you probably want to get two of those three games at least. Kind of give yourself another gap. But I, I couldn't tell you right now who I'd want to play in the first round. Um, my early season predictions was Florida, Tampa, Boston, and then Toronto wild card. I kind of got made fun of for that. And it's not that I was saying Boston was better than Toronto. I just said Boston might be able to get it down the stretch. And Boston came out of nowhere, and they're getting it done down the stretch. And they've been kind of creeping up their way throughout the standings all season. And now, 65-87, 65-87, them in Toronto. That's going to be a very, very fun, um, you know, kind of last stretch of games. And Tampa, yeah, they might look kind of out of it now, but we've seen the past. You don't want to judge them a little too early, specifically in the regular season, because come playoff time, uh, it's, it's a little different. Yeah, and um, just looking at each individual uh, schedule for each team, um, the Boston Bruins play Toronto on Tuesday. I just uh, saw that on the on the on the NHL app. So that uh, while while I'm watching Panthers Canadians, keeping my eye on that. Um, Boston plays Toronto also one more time in their last game of the season. So I don't know what kind of um, TV uh, um, network will pick that up for the last game of the season. If that is for a wild card spot or a spot in the division, don't know where that's going to be. Um, they play Tampa one more time. So and the and the Florida Panthers. I actually noticed this, Alex. I think that's only their second regulation loss in the division uh, this this year. Their, their their most recent one against the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think their other one is against the Ottawa Senators, that eight to two loss at home. So, and you look at this last. It's actually the last six games. Look look at this. Look how important this final stretch is for the Florida Panthers. At home versus Detroit. At home versus Toronto and Tampa Bay on a back-to-back. Finish off three three road games against the Bruins and a back-to-back with Ottawa and Montreal. So six-point six cushion there for the taking. You end with five, excuse me, six straight division games. And I kind of complain a little bit about how it took the Florida Panthers and the Toronto Maple Leafs as long as it did to even face off once. But seeing that this ending for the schedule is going to be a lot of divisional opponents, really, that's going to be, it could be kind of where the Florida Panthers could really make their money. But if they have enough of a cushion, we could also see an opportunity for players to get some rest too. There's eight divisional points for playoff teams up for grabs um, with Toronto twice, Tampa, Boston. But also, we kind of looked at this after the All-Star break. I think the Panthers had one of the easiest strength of schedules in the NHL. And you're going to see that when you play Montreal, Chicago, New Jersey, Buffalo, back-to-back-to-back-to-back. Like, not four straight games with no rest. But four games in a row, you're playing non-playoff teams before you get Toronto again. Then you get Buffalo, Nashville. You got a decent spread of non-playoff teams sprinkling a playoff team here and there more non-playoff teams until you get to the uh, the big five 
six game stretch of divisional matchups. So this is um this is go time for the Panthers to really make their mark, get the points that they should be able to get. Um, 17 games left. You're gonna want 12, 13 of those easily. You're gonna want those. Mm. And I also think about how yesterday's game for the Panthers. Um it's their only trip in the regular season to Toronto. The The next two matchups against Toronto are both at FLA Live Arena. I think about the Florida Panthers. Um, of course, like I said at the top of this segment, they had an opportunity to, wi- um, to widen that gap with the division. But at the same time, you don't want to clinch early. We saw what happened to Tampa Bay just a few years ago against Columbus of how early they clinched. So a little bit of adversity facing the Panthers. and. Of course, the Toronto Maple Leafs, they're a contender. I know we like to make fun of them about uh, about their lack of playoff success. Uh, but still, they're, they're, they're still a challenge for the Panthers. They're still uh, one that a team that can very well go from round one to the Stanley Cup final. But the adversity of losing hostile environment, and a chance to really for the Florida Panthers to still play meaningful games into April and not have to go on autopilot. Hopefully for the next uh, for the last week of the season, I'm 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 doing okay. I'm 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 doing it's everything is okay over here for for myself uh, when it comes to the state of this team. Yeah, honestly, that Toronto game was a trap game for me. You beat Ottawa, they lose to Montreal you're going to kind of expect top effort from them. I don't think the Panthers played necessarily bad um, in the press conferences. I think for the most part, everyone liked their effort. I normally coming off a loss like that, you would see me a little more upset, but honestly, it's tough for me to be that upset. You would always want the win, but um, they want them again. They're going to see them twice in Florida. Um, good for them. They're not playing them in Toronto again. because It's 14 degrees Fahrenheit in Toronto and it's almost April. It's ridiculous. Um, I'm in Toronto right now, and I don't want to go outside to class today. But, um, yeah, the Panthers, uh, they're definitely making it interesting. But, um, you know, you're still the team to beat in this division in terms of the regular season. Everyone's chasing you. You're in the driver's seat for now. So um, keep it that way. Yeah, and that's really that's really what um, – that I, I really think that's kind of like what the mindset is for the – uh for for the Panthers really as as they go uh, as we are literally a month just a month a month and uh two days away from the end of the regular season and then it's go time it's go time for the playoffs this is the time of for the Panthers to really uh really like you said beat up on crappy teams you talk about those two back-to-backs New Jersey Buffalo and then Buffalo uh Nashville even though Nashville's a contender but still you have Hey, Roman um, Yossi might win the, the Norris. 80 points in 64 games for defense. For defenseman. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. What a season. What a what a season um Roman Yossi has has. And that'll be his that would be his uh second Nor- uh Nor- Norse trophy of his career. So just just an unfair hockey player to watch sometimes <laughs> on the on the blue line for Nashville. But Alex, I, I want to thank you for joining uh, this uh Monday uh episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. We, something we've been talking about for weeks, uh, getting you on for this specific episode with uh, the Florida Panthers facing the Toronto Maple Leafs. But hey, uh, I'm sure uh, you'll definitely be back for some 
more meaningful uh, hockey for this Florida Panthers team. But tell uh, the people listening where they can find you and your work online. Uh, let's keep it simple. A Baumgartner 91 on Twitter. Everything from my fifth line 5R stuff, my five reasons stuff, as well as other stuff will all be there. So um, just uh, go give it a look. Awesome, man. Uh, thank you so much. And, may, and for, for those listening, make sure you check out Alex's work over at the Five Reasons Sports Network on their site and on their YouTube channel as well, where uh, Alex uh, will be and many different personalities on the Five Reasons Sports Network will be joining them on. Um, so make sure to check that out. But in the meantime, if you like what you're hearing, Please subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to also subscribe to Locked On NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. We'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Stu Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league follow lock on fantasy hockey podcast on the odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts so i'm armando velez with alex baumgartner and you've been listening to locked on florida panthers podcast part of the locked on podcast network where's your team every day